This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This is Bunny Michael. Connecting to your higher self is an unlearning process. Unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. Success, fulfilling relationships, self-acceptance, inner peace, all of that begins when we realize that that is what we deserve, what we've always deserved. Aligning with your higher self is an awakening process and it is no easy feat. But as you will learn from the callers on this podcast, our journeys might look different, but our path is the same. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 105. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you had an awesome week. I hope that you had a happy Halloween, whatever you did, ate some treats, went trick-or-treating, gave out candy. We gave out candy this year. Since we moved into a house, this is the second Halloween in a row where we've actually been able to give out candy. And for me, it's like really, really fun because I lived in New York City for 20 years and never gave out candy, obviously, because kids around there just go to like the stores for trick-or-treating. And so I'm like making up for lost time. And it's just so cute, you know, to see all the kids and their different costumes and the parents who are like really nice and meeting all the neighborhood people. It's like so sweet. So that's what we did. We did dress up and go to a Halloween party on Saturday night at a neighbor's house. And it was really, really fun. So I hope you had a safe one. You know, as the seasons are changing and as we're approaching winter, I've been thinking a lot about things getting quiet, things slowing down, becoming a little bit more connected to our solitude, getting cozy season vibes. And I just love that time, you know? Like I love getting really romantic about it. Obviously, when the seasons change, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to be in winter too. I mean, a lot of us experience seasonal depression and that's natural, you know, like it's natural for your energy to change, for your enthusiasm to change, for maybe you being more tired than you were before. I mean, the sun is not out in the sky for as long during the day. Of course, you're going to experience those changes. But I always like to do like a new winter habit or like a new winter project, something that I can do just for fun, just for me. Maybe it's like a craft thing or like an embroidery or like, I don't know, creating something. So I'm trying to think of what my winter project is going to be, something I can just do, you know, obviously when I'm like chilling or even when a movie's on. I'm thinking about crocheting, but I actually have tried that before and it was really hard. I know that everybody like swears by crocheting, but it was really hard for me when I tried. Maybe I can try that again, but I just want to, I want to make something, you know, I just think it's good to just 
if we're going to be in our homes, if it's going to start to get cold, we might as well get really romantic about it and make it as cozy and special and intimate as we can, right? I love getting older because the older you get, the more you realize you can curate your life. Literally, like you can surround yourself with things that you enjoy. And yes, we have responsibilities. Yes, we got to go to work. Yes, yes, yes. We have to show up. We have to show up. But we don't often pay attention to this space that we can create for ourselves and really prioritizing that. And I know it sounds kind of like silly, like this is not really like a big deal. Like, what do you mean? Who cares? You can do a craft or not or whatever. But it's weird how much like doing something intentional just for yourself isn't so much about what you do. It's really about shifting your consciousness to this place where you're like, oh, I am doing this for me and for me only. And that's a very powerful place to be. It's very powerful to do something just for yourself, not for yourself in terms of, I don't know, looking better for other people or making some art to share with other people. Like, and that's what I normally do. I I do work on art a lot, but I always share it. When I do something that literally is just for me, it really shifts me, really shifts me to remind myself that I'm in a relationship with myself. I'm in a relationship with my higher self. And it's an important one. And I have to nurture that relationship. And the fall winter vibes is definitely a good time for that. Hey, Bunny. I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, Your content, your podcast has helped me so much in my self love and healing journey. This podcast has carried me through my darkest moments, um, honestly. So thank you so much. I remember discovering this podcast during the pandemic and I've, you know, been hooked ever since because it's just always, it's been like my security blanket. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to say thank you to the listeners for sharing their stories and making me feel less alone because it's so brave to do that and It's also just like so important that we do speak up about difficult things and mental health issues and our struggles so that we can all feel less alone and destigmatize it. Okay, I'm done with my little tangent. I just want to say thank you. And now getting into my question, Um, I'm a singer and songwriter. I just released my first single in August. This is not a plug, just saying. Um, So basically... I say that to say, this is the first time that I'm pursuing a music career and I'm calling in for advice on how to deal with comparing myself to others and feeling envious of other success and just like feelings of not being good enough. Um, Like I believe in myself, but it just, sometimes I just get these thoughts where I just don't, you know, I just have self-doubt. Right now, I'm working full-time as an account manager at a software company. 
Um, so I'm pursuing music on the side right now. Uh, but my ultimate dream and end goal with music is to be a singer full time one day, um, to like grow a fan base and also songwrite for major artists eventually. Um, and like saying that out loud sounds so silly. It's like, really? That's what you like dream on, you know? Like that's that little voice that beats me up that I just can't stand. Um, yeah, so just wanted to share that. Maybe someone will relate to that. But anyway, so just a little more background on me. I battle with mental health issues. Um, I have anxiety and depression and I have to take medication every day for it. Um, and I'm also in therapy. Um, I've always been a singer and written songs, but I'm just recently pursuing it as a potential career and being more consistent with it um, because I just started getting help for my depression, like just literally just a year ago um, is when I started to go to therapy for the first time and started to take meds. So it's been pretty recent. Um, I struggled with depression for years and, you know, just, you know, went on with my life um, undiagnosed for years, carrying that weight on my shoulders, never spoken up about it to a single soul until just last year. Also, I'm 27 years old, probably should have started off saying that. Um, that's a long time. And as you know, depression can drain you of energy and motivation to do what you love to do. So getting treatment really gave me that fuel I needed to pursue uh, my passion of music for the first time. Um, I struggle with self-esteem issues, as you can probably tell, and thoughts of not being good enough. Um, I love to be myself up about everything from the way I talk, if I say something weird, or if I'm being socially awkward, to how I'm being perceived when I'm going outside on a walk. I know that's weird. Um, does anyone else relate to that? I don't know. But um, you know, I also struggle with thoughts of like, am I a good singer? Am I a good enough songwriter? Are my lyrics good enough? Um, it's so frustrating and exhausting dealing with these thoughts and living this way. And I just, I want to exist and I just want to be and like live and not beat myself up. Um, and it's just so exhausting dealing with these thoughts. Um, 24 seven. I'm all about mental health awareness on my Instagram with my music and my socials. So, um, I just feel like a hypocrite when I do beat myself up. Like I'm like telling myself, like, keep the same energy girl, like, you know, but I'm just, I'm so mean to myself. Like I also, I just, I struggle with comparing myself to more successful singers. Um, and I'm just, yeah, like for example, there's this girl I went to high school with um, and her music is like much more successful than mine. Like she has a million streams and thousands of followers and is verified on Instagram and social media with the blue check mark. And like, I love that for her. Um, but I unfollowed her on socials because it makes me feel like crap and it makes me feel envious. And that's just not a fun feeling. And I feel bad for unfollowing her, but it just had to be done because I didn't want to feel that way. <sighs> it's exhausting being me and having my brain. Um, I wanted to ask you, how do I deal with these thoughts and feelings of comparing myself um, to her, for example, and just, you know, 
these feelings of envy and self-doubt in general because I just want to be set free of it and I, I want to, you know, believe in myself. I do believe in myself, but I also, I'm a believer in manifestation and I want to manifest manifest my own success and, you know, be successful, you know, and I just want to be kind to myself and... Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Love you so, so much. Bye. Hi, love. First, I want to say congratulations on your new song and making your music and pursuing your passion. That's amazing. And that's also a testament to how much healing you've done and you've gotten yourself in a place where you're willing to take that courageous step because it is brave of you. That's why a lot of people don't do it. It's awesome. And you should be really, really proud of yourself. It's really, really awesome. As somebody who also makes music, who's made music, put out music for years and years, I've taken a break the past few years, but I'm putting out a record next year. I understand the nervousness, the fear, the comparing yourself with other people, the worry, the anxiety, the wanting the success. But not sure if you can even want that because then you're putting yourself in a vulnerable place to be disappointed. Like I get all of that stuff. And it makes sense for you to compare yourself to other people because you're really just trying to get feedback on how you're doing. You know, you're you're trying to look to what other people are doing, look at what you're doing, see the similarities, the differences. Your brain's logically trying to figure out what the answer is to your success. Like, it makes sense. It makes sense, especially with people that you actually have a lot in common with. It's so funny because we're often most jealous of people that are most like us, you know, that we have, that we're similar to, which is really an indication that we should be friends, actually. Not that we should be jealous of each other, but that actually we're part of the same community. We have similar interests and purpose, Um, so that friend of yours that is really doing well, when you feel that you are okay with following them again, I mean, I would highly recommend reaching out to them and being like, Hey, you want to listen to my music? I love what you're doing. You know, building community with those people, getting that type of support. That's really what will help those feelings of jealousy. The, The healing of jealousy is to understand another person's success is not an obstacle to yours. There is enough room for everybody, for everybody. And just because somebody fills a certain space and has a certain amount of fans, there are so many people out there. There's so much art out there. There's so many amazing, gifted, talented people. Literally, our world is full of them. So much beauty, so much creativity, I mean, just go like on TikTok or go like on, you know, you hear it all the time. I think I heard some statistic like, I don't know, it was like 600,000 songs are released a day, like wild stuff, wild stuff. And we're living in a really cool time where you as an artist can put out your music and you can have a platform and have people hear it and you don't have to be like on a label and stuff like that. So as much as it can feel overwhelming that so many people are doing cool things, It's also such an amazing time because now with the internet, you have access to so many things and so many people. But I'm going to have to tell you that 
a very important thing you're going to have to come to terms with is if you are using the success of your music in order to feel like you're good enough. I know you explained how you struggle with depression and insecurity um, and anxiety, which I totally understand. I'm sure most of the people listening to this understand. The answer is not having a music career that's successful that everybody likes. That's not going to fix those feelings of lack. As much as like pursuing our passion could possibly seem like the answer to us loving ourselves more fully or us finally feeling accepted, the answer is not there because it's not about outside validation. That's not where you're going to feel it. And if you are only looking to make music in order to achieve that sense of self, it's never going to be enough no matter how much success you have. No matter how much. Because what's happening is that you're feeling, you're attempting to fill an illusion. You're attempting to fulfill yourself through this belief that you're lacking, but you're not actually lacking. So you're caught in this cycle of illusion when you're going for that, when that's your goal. It's not going to bring you that type of happiness. What your art practice is, is a spiritual practice. Your music, your singing, writing songs. When you do your art, you are channeling. You are channeling divine creative energy. Your art and your art practice is sacred. It's sacred. It's so much more than a career. The career part, fine. That is part of it. We all want to be able to sustain our art. We all want people to love what we're doing. That's an important part of of it, but it is not nearly the most important part. The most important part is your relationship to your art, to your channeling, to honoring it. When you sit down at that table or play your instrument or sing your song, that, that's church. That's church for you, truly. So we have to separate the artist you from the career stuff. It's separate. And you have to be really conscious of not letting the career stuff harm your relationship with your art. That's where you get in trouble. That's where the unhealthy, the harmful, the painful things can happen. When you put pressure on your sacred spiritual art practice to make or break you, it's just like having a partner, you know, a romantic partner. You love your romantic partner, right? You're in love, but you put all of your self-worth on your romantic partner to fulfill you that relationship is going to fall apart. It can't handle the pressure. And you stop seeing that person as an individual. You only see them as playing a role, a way to to fill you with confidence. And depending what somebody else says or what that person does, your confidence goes up and down. 
it's not fair to do to relationship. It's not fair to do to your art either. Because your art is trying to give you a gift. Your art is a dialogue between you and your spirit. And it's amazing to share that dialogue. It's amazing to share your work. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to do. But whether or not it connects with people, with certain people, ultimately is really not about whether or not you're talented, gifted, good enough. It's about if they relate to it, if they feel a connection to it. There is no such thing as good or bad art. There's only what you relate to and what are inspired by. And you ultimately only have control over being who you are, your authentic self, using your authentic creative voice. If it's not for somebody, that's because it's not for them. And you don't have control over that. So you have to be really clear about, okay, if this is my goal, if my goal is to do this as a career, what do I think that that's actually going to bring me? What expectations am I putting on that? I'm going to tell you a story real quick. When I first started doing music, it was in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. And I did it. I did a music project with my partner at the time. Had no expectation, no idea. It was their idea to do this. They were like, let's make a rap album. You rap, blah, blah, blah. We put out this album got put out on a record label. We ended up being written about in The New Yorker, got like MySpace famous, whatever, ended up going on tour, all of this stuff. And it was like this total unexpected success. And in the beginning, it was really fun because I wasn't expecting it. And I was just being totally creative, totally myself. And then after a couple of years of that, I started feeling this pressure, this pressure to be more successful, this pressure for the next song to have more plays, more hits, um, be written about more, have better shows, bigger audiences, a better record label. I got so focused on it needing to be more that it started to become so unfun. It became so toxic because I was so in my ego. I was so in my feelings of lack. I couldn't even appreciate. I couldn't even find joy in the in the art that I used to make. Like the music used to be fun and then it, it became painful because no matter what I did, it never felt like enough. And eventually we, me and my partner who were making music at the time, my old partner, the relationship got really toxic. It ended, we broke up. It was it was a devastating time for me because I thought I couldn't do music without them. And I remember one day in the depressive state of our breakup, I was at my sister's house and I opened up my space. This is a long time ago, y'all, so don't... <laughs> Bear with me. I opened up MySpace and I saw a MySpace page for this artist, Fever Ray, which was one person in this Swedish duo called The Knife. And if you remember The Knife, they were like this really popular Swedish electronic duo and their brother and sister. Well, the sister made 
her solo album and it was the first time I'd heard it and I saw this music video for this song when I grew up and it was like the coolest thing it was super weird and strange and and I remember at that time just thinking to myself like being so enamored by how original she was and how weird she was and like how much it just seemed like she didn't give a fuck about what people thought she was just being like a weirdo artist and doing her thing and how cool it was And I thought to myself, hey, if she can do it, I can do it, right? If she can be that brave to just be herself, I can do it too. And so I made a decision at that time to pursue music by myself. And I had to teach myself how to produce music, blah, blah, blah. So flash forward 10 years later, this is like a couple years after I started doing the higher self memes. I'm laying in bed one night. It was probably at like three in the morning. And... Since then, I had put out like an EP, my solo music, whatever. And then I started doing my higher self memes and that took up, you know, most of my attention. And I was laying in bed and I was laying in bed with Kara and I get this message. For some reason, my phone was on. I don't even know why. But it dinged and it was like a Facebook message and it was like, hi, I'm the assistant of Fever Ray and she wants to know if you want to go on tour with her. And I was like, What? And long story short, Fever Ray had seen my higher self memes. And through that, heard my music and wanted me to go on tour with her. I ended up going on tour with her um, through Europe and the United States. This is in 2018. And when I went to Europe, I played at the same, some of the same venues that I had played in my other group 10 years prior where I was not able to appreciate it. And and I remember being on the way to this tour and be like, I am going to enjoy this moment and be gracious and humble. And it was amazing. And it was like this real full, full circle. But the ironic thing was that I would have never ended up there had I not started making the higher self memes, had I not started understanding that what was most important was my own healing and my own self-acceptance. And that was a message from the universe. Not that I am going to become this famous musician. No. The message and the synchronicity of the Fever tour and, and, you know, being able to open for this huge inspiration, it wasn't about music success. It was about understanding that when you love and accept yourself and when you're in alignment with your truth and your higher self, the universe guides you on your the correct path. Just keep following your heart. Keep following your heart. Your art is important. It's a testament to how much you know your voice matters. That's the power of art and creativity. It's like saying, hey, what I have to say and the way that I have to say it is important. And yes, the career stuff is hard. It's normal, it's natural to struggle in that way. But you can't lose sight of the real purpose behind your work. Because even if you found success, music-wise, I mean, the music industry is so up and down. It might 
work for a couple of years and then go off. I mean, careers are a roller coaster, right? They're up and down. But what isn't up and down is your connection to your higher self and your ability to and your ability to express your creativity. You can always be grounded in that, no matter what's going on in your career. And that's the most important thing to sustain your art is to know the true purpose behind it. It's not to be accepted. It's to exercise your connection to the part of yourself that accepts yourself, that knows you're whole. It's claiming your space. I'm so excited for you, not just because your work, your music is going to keep growing and keep evolving, but I'm mostly excited because you're healing and your art has become another tool for that. Don't turn it into a tool to hurt yourself with. Let it help you heal. Remember, every time you sit down to do that, it's sacred. It's your sacred time. I'm wishing you all the best. Hi, Bunny. Um, how are you? Um, of course, thank you so much for all the work you do. Thank you so much for all the upgrades you're infusing the podcast with and for constantly trying to reinvent ways to approach the podcast. The podcast is also growing just as you are helping us all grow. Anyways, um, I usually have little notes before I record voice memos, but I'm just going to like wing this one. Um, I My question, I don't know if it's more a question or just like a desire for a perspective, but um, it has several steps to it, uh, but it starts with me being incredibly busy. Um, I've just built a life for myself that is really, really fulfilling, but also incredibly busy. Um, I'm a freelancer and I'm an artist. And um, when you're freelancing, you're kind of always working, even when you're not working on a job, you're looking for other jobs or you're thinking about the next job. And it's really, really inspiring and exciting for me uh, because I love what I do, but it also is really draining. And in addition to that, I have an incredibly rich social life and beautiful, amazing friends. And um, sincerely, I have absolutely nothing to complain about. Um, so I feel bad even sending in a question about uh, the following. But um, I guess something that I haven't... I've been single for two years now, and um, I really don't have time for dating and I'm also like really fulfilled with all the beautiful things happening in my life and I also live in a city that I've been living in for my, my whole life basically um and just feel like I don't really have any like potential crushes at the moment and it's not a huge city I feel like I know a lot of people already that I could be interested in and um, there's just nothing on the radar for me at the moment and that's fine, but I also find myself being 
sometimes really lonely in that department or really desiring some kind of a romance or some kind of excitement. And then I feel like I may be asking for too much because I do have a lot of excitement in my life, but I still feel like that's something I would love to experience. Um, and I think I would like to experience it because um, I think I'm excited about romance in general and I love nurturing uh, romance and I also think it's like something linked with affection and physical affection and feeling like I would really love to have um, more of that um, but the next step of this these thoughts is that like I accept that I am not having it and I accept that in any case I am really busy as it is so I try to give myself this affection and I try to give myself this kind of attention and this self-romance and this nurturing of my little world um, to myself, you know, in the evenings when I get home. And um, I guess I've just been finding it really hard lately because, because most of my days are filled with tasks I have to do and like discipline and stuff like that. When I get home, I... It's hard for me to like keep working on myself in the form of self-care. Like tell myself like when I do tell myself I'm going to have a self-care evening, I'm like, "Okay, I have to take a bath. I have to like get even that becomes like a military kind of like um list of tasks." Um and when it's not that, I just end up watching a movie or watching a TV show and it helps me like relax but I also feel like I'm not working on myself or I'm not like properly like connecting to my higher self and I do journal um um as much as I can like I usually do it in the daytime um but in the evenings I just feel like sometimes I need to wind down and in a way that a list of self-care tasks doesn't help with and in a way that watching something also doesn't help with and um yeah I guess I'm mentioning watching stuff because I do feel like it's a very passive action um that also like is kind of indulging in something but I just don't know if it's the right way to do it. Or maybe I'm just thinking about it wrong. Anyways, sorry, this is starting to be a bit long, but I'm just um, wondering if you have any perspective on the ways in which one can give themselves space um, without turning their brain to mush and without being hard on ourselves for not doing the relaxation part right. Okay, that was a big one. Thank you so much and um, have a great week. Hey, babe. I think a lot of us listening and especially me can totally relate to this because when you're on the path of connecting to your higher self, when you're building your self-awareness, when you're unlearning, trying to be a compassionate person in the world, you want to do it right, right? You're like, I, I need to work on myself, I need to constantly be working on myself, and we can be often the most critical because we're always trying to do better. But the whole point of connecting with our higher selves is acknowledging that we are enough just how we are. And 
One of the reasons why we need self-care is because we spend so much energy telling ourselves we're not enough, being hard on ourselves, being overly self-critical, not giving ourselves like the compassion and the love and the acceptance that we need so we can actually like let ourselves off the hook. That is the purpose of self-care. It's to rejuvenate yourself. It's to let it go. Let go of the need to always have it right. Let go of the need to always be perfect, to always have to be accomplishing. Like the point of self-care is to luxuriously be like, I'm enough and whatever brings me joy right now is what I'm going to do. So it's not really about the form that that takes. It's about the intention behind it. And watching something for entertainment can be a form of self-care, right? We like to be entertained. Entertainment is awesome. We like to be titillated and you know, get immersed in some great show and like binge it. Like that is an enjoyable thing. How you can determine whether or not what you're doing is actually good for you or good for your self-care practice is to really try to understand the intention behind it. Like if you're going to be watching a show that you really like, but at the same time feel guilty for watching that show, that's not really self-care because you're putting this extra layer of guilt on yourself, right? If you're watching that show because you're like, you know what, this sounds super fun and I really need to unwind and I worked really hard today and I'm just going to give myself this like joyful experience that I really like, then it is because you're giving yourself a gift. You're telling yourself that you can have fun and be entertained and that you deserve it. So it's really about your state of consciousness, not so much what you're doing, but the intention behind what you're doing. You can take a bath. Anybody can take a bath and sit in the bathtub and the whole time think about all the ways in which they're failing at life. And is that a self-care practice? No, it's not. So it is literally about what your state of consciousness is. It's about a dedicated time to let it go. One thing I think is helpful for me, because I, like you, feel often very busy. My schedule is filled. By the time the day is over, I really feel like doing nothing that requires any effort. I get that. So what I do is put my self-care spiritual practice in the morning because when I wake up in the morning, I'm kind of in a more enthusiastic mode to like, you know, go for it, like go for the day. And so journaling, meditation, whatever is going to make it easy for you is the easiest way it's going to happen. The mornings might be a better time for that. And then that way you got it in and then the rest of the day you're not like feeling this gnawing feeling like, oh, you haven't really been connecting to your higher self. And you can tell. You're like, okay, when I get home, I got to do it because I, I know something's missing. 
But then by the time you get home, you're exhausted and you just don't do it. But then you're like mad at yourself and, and, and put yourself down for not doing, then you're even more exhausted. And so you still don't have the energy the next day. You know, we get into these cycles where we're just like so judgmental of ourselves, but it's that judgment that actually keeps us in that lower state of consciousness to where we don't feel inspired to give ourselves that spiritual uplift. So try doing it in the morning. And who knows, by the time you get home from work, because you set your tone that day connected to your higher self, you might actually feel inspired to do something different than watching your TV show. Or you might watch your TV show in peace. (laughs) Just let it be like that. It's okay for us to have human desires. It's okay for you to want to have a romantic relationship and also still know that you're okay not in a romantic relationship. Like we're human. We like to be entertained. We like to do stuff that is kind of like simple. We like pleasure. Pleasure is just as much of an important practice in our healing than addressing our pain. So stop judging yourself for wanting certain things in your life because you don't think it aligns with this concept of what it means to be like your higher self, right? The whole point is to just accept yourself for who you are. And from that consciousness, you'll know what choices reflect that. Let yourself off the hook. You got this. Content warning, the following question and answer discuss sexual abuse. Please take care while listening. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I want to say thank you for your self-care memes on Instagram. It fills my heart each time I scroll. My question has more to do with accepting the things that were and starting to feel some type of peace despite the horrible things I have gone through. There's some triggering stuff in this email, so I apologize for it. I'm an immigrant from Central America. I came to the States at 10, had a rough childhood. My mother left to pursue the American dream and left me with people that didn't love me. I was five and I still haven't healed from that and I'm not sure if I ever will. I was very poor, had beans every day for school. We couldn't afford cable TV or anything. I spent my time going to church every day. I always felt wrong. I felt no one loved me and Jesus was the only person that did. I was sexually abused as a child and didn't know what was happening at the time. I was a very quiet, shy kid. Everyone that took care of me didn't love me. They just wanted money from my parents. When I moved to the United States, my parents didn't connect with me. I had a new sibling at the time and all the attention and care went to her. I came to live in a very Caucasian Southern town and always just felt unwanted and forced myself to believe that to survive. I didn't have friends. I was still very quiet. I wanted to take harder classes in high school, but at the time, I didn't really know how racism worked subtly, and I was always denied because I was ESL. During my teens, I was raped because I thought this person was my friend. When I was 18, I told my mom about my abuses, and she blamed me for it. 
My parents have always just blamed me for everything wrong with me. I gained weight after my mother left, and I've struggled with my body since I was a child. My mom always tried to hide my body, always have made me feel I'm less than other girls that are fit. I have had eating disorders, have lost a lot of weight, and gained all back times too. I don't have family here other than my parents since they were the only ones that migrated. I have recovered a lot and unlearned some toxic patterns. I have actually met some friends who haven't been the best influence, but I have learned so much from them. However, I'm so hurt. I'm trying not to have a victim mentality. I try to get so upset about comparing my pain and history to other people. I feel that stuff I have been through is so crappy compared to others. I have so many things to unlearn, body, boundaries, the fact I don't need to be sexual to be loved because all my life, that's what I have believed. It's overwhelming. I'm in therapy now, but it feels like this big cluster monster and I don't know how to start. I feel that all my personality is just pain and learned suffering from the experiences I lived. Sorry, this is so long, but I would love to know your input. Thanks. Hi, love. Well, first, I just want to say I'm sorry that you've been through such horrible things and hurt so much and all of that trauma, and you absolutely didn't deserve it, and you don't deserve to be suffering from it now. Your parents, for whatever reason, are still very much unhealed, and that is why they're not able to be in a place that they can give you the proper support, the support that you deserve, that you've always deserved. It's not because you're not worthy of that support. It's not because you're not lovable. You are not unlovable because people don't know how to love you. That's their own limitation. It's not your limitation. It has to do with cycles of trauma, unlearning, learned hierarchical beliefs, you know, what was taught to them, what they've had to endure in their life, you know. So all of that stuff, if they really addressed your pain, it would open up their own wounds as well. That's why our parents a lot of times have shut out those aspects of their life or why they can't really be there for our suffering is because part of their survival mechanism was to not deal with those things, was to claim total responsibility for themselves by denying any sense of victimhood. And that is a survival strategy, especially for immigrant families. Even my parents who aren't necessarily first-generation immigrants. I mean, my mom was born in Samoa, which is a territory of the United States. But I know that part of the reason they were not able to be there for me as a child through my trauma was because it was incredibly triggering of theirs. And I still don't even know to the full extent of what they went through as children. I, I mean, I have a little bit of a sense stories here and there. But... I really think it's because people don't want to face any of those issues because that means that it would be opening up their own wounds. You absolutely deserved to grow up in a safe home and not having to endure any of that. And I know it can feel like, why me? Why did I have to go through this? What, what, what went wrong in my life? 
Why did I deserve that treatment? And the truth is you didn't. You didn't. Those were choices made by other people, choices that you were not in control of. And unfortunately, we live in a world where people are very unhealed. They are on a path of destruction and harm. And that all comes down to us living in a world that where people are not told how worthy they are. And so they seek power through hurting other people. They seek a sense of worth by oppressing other people. And unfortunately, a lot of us have been victimized by that. A lot of us have trauma, just like you, sexual trauma, um, physical trauma, neglect. And nobody ever deserves that. Nobody. But you are not alone in that experience. You're not alone. And I'm really, really glad that you're in therapy because your therapist is going to help you on the path to addressing this stuff, to addressing this pain. The one thing that I want to add is that your higher self is who you are beyond all of those experiences, beyond your trauma, beyond your story. You are a spirit. You are a divine being. And within you is love and wholeness that no matter what happens to you could never be taken away. When you are in pain thinking about the horrible things that have happened to you, that those are emotions that are very important and very valid, but they are not who you are. They are experiences and they're not your only experiences because I can tell you writing your email that you're a very loving human being, that you're very bright, you're very smart, and you are a victim of abuse, but you're also a survivor. You are a survivor. And no, you didn't deserve to have to go through that, but you did make it out the other side. And you are on a path of healing. And that is something to be so proud of. So proud of. And the fact that you're writing into this podcast means that you're you're dedicated. You're committed to your own healing, which is a testament to how much you love yourself. You are so full of love and your light shines so bright. You are part of all creation. And you're here because you are a gift to this world. You are here to bring the world your gifts. And that doesn't mean you have to have a certain talent or do something specific or try to save the world. You're, the light that you bring to the world is you sitting and accepting yourself and loving yourself for who you are. The moment you connect to the part of yourself that knows, hey, I am whole. I am enough. I'm worthy of love and care and abundance, no matter who tried to make me feel differently. I know what I'm worth. When you sit in that realization, that is the gift that you bring to the world. Just you. Just you being you. All you have to be is you. 
And what I think could really help as well is talking to your therapist about possibly being part of some group therapy, talking to other survivors, maybe people your age or people who have had similar experiences and maybe she can recommend a group or help facilitate that because it is important for you to have community and feel seen and also to hear other people's stories. So group therapy can be really great for that because you realize how your experience can help other people heal as well. And that's such a, a great place to be at in your own healing when you realize that it's giving you this insight to be compassionate and empathetic and supportive of other people who are going through similar things and how much we can help each other. And that's what I try to facilitate in this podcast, but we need to keep building our community, our healing community as much as possible. Healing really is about one day at a time, even one thought at a time. It's about knowing, okay, this stuff is hard, but I don't have to do it all at once. I don't have to attack this monster all at once. I just have to get through the day and try to give myself as much love and compassion as I can. And if I have to cry, I'll cry. But this will pass. So don't rush yourself. You're doing everything right. All you have to do is keep going, babe, and you deserve it. You have such a bright future ahead of you. I'm sending you so much love. All right, everyone, that wraps up episode 105. Don't forget to sign up as Patreon supporters. We just put out another bonus episode this past weekend and me and Kara are on it. We're talking about stuff and answering listener questions and it's really cute. And there's also a video of it on our Patreon as well if you sign up as an Angels or Miracles supporter. So don't forget to do that. All right, everybody, take care of yourself. You're doing great one day at a time. We're healing ourselves. We're helping each other heal. And in the meantime, we're enjoying our lives, right? We're enjoying who we are. We're celebrating ourselves at every step of the way. I love you so much. And so does your higher self. I will see you next time. 